Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's August the 6th, 2021, and you are invited to join me and my dear friend and longtime co-host Rebecca Hoffer of SimplyRebecca.com as we share a great conversation about discovering and kind of coming to terms with the differences between our ideal selves and our real selves. It's all about who we think we're going to be and who we actually are here today, and I know you're going to relate so much to what we have to talk about. So I'm Meg Teets, and this is sort of awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes, to the show that is all about helping you find conversation, friendship, and community. If you've been looking for amazing women to connect with and for a community that will support you no matter what age or stage of life you are in, I'm so thrilled to tell you that you've come to the right place. Speaking of places, we'd love to have you join our online community in all of the places. So come hang out with us on Facebook. It is the heart of our community. It is the sort of awesome hangout group. It lives over on Facebook. Come on over and see what we have going on in the hangout group. And if you haven't already, come join us on Instagram. We've got episode updates and discussions. We go live. Sometimes you can see us going live. You can hang out with us in real time. So come over to at Sort of Awesome Show. We'd love to have you join us over there. Rebecca, I'm so excited about our conversation this week. How are you? I'm good. How are you? So good. I love what we have planned to talk about. And this was really inspired by, well, a couple of things. The last time that you were here at Sort of Awesome, you were talking about your big closet clean out, how you really went through, made some good decisions, some good healthy decisions that all had to do with stuff that was in your closet. One of the things you talked about was hanging on to outfits that are for the ideal you to get really realistic about it. That was so helpful to me. And I know that was a really good guidance for you too, as you were going through. Yeah, this entire concept of ideal you versus real you is something that I have been mulling over for about a year now. And I feel like there are so many different scenarios in which it's a good gut check. Yes. And I can't wait to dive into all of it. Okay, good stuff. We have all of that coming up in this episode. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. If you are new to Sorta Awesome, Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever's making life a little more awesome right now, whether it is a book or a TV show, a movie, a podcast, a product whatever it is that's bringing a little extra sparkle and shine to our lives. Rebecca, what do you have for us this week? I am super excited about my awesome of the week. 
It is a podcast, and it is called Under the Influence with Joe Piazza. All right. This podcast was recommended to me by Awesome D in a recent Awesome of the Week thread that we have in the Hangout group every week. She had tagged the entire Sword of Awesome team and recommended that we listen to it. And boy, was she right. It is so incredibly good. It's a limited run series. There's 11 episodes right now, and it's all on mom influencers. The episodes run between 20 minutes to an hour. And again, it's hosted by Joe Piazza, who is a journalist, and she explores this world of mom influencers. Now, Meg, there have been so many times that I have experienced literal chills while listening to this (gasps) podcast. (laughs) Oh, really? Tell me everything. Well, and it's not because it's like suspenseful or creepy, but because I feel so seen and understood and represented and also celebrated while listening to this podcast. So Joe interviews some major players in the influencer world while exploring the possibility of becoming an influencer herself. Is this something that she can do? So she looks at the history and the birth of influencers dating back to the early days of blogging. She asks questions about why did this become a job? And why is this a job that we often look down on, especially when it comes to women? Mm-hmm. What kind of work really goes into being authentic on Instagram? What are some of the ramifications of sharing your children on the internet? And what does it look like to be on the receiving end of hate and criticism? It basically is an incredible deep dive into all the things that I have questioned and analyzed in my own mind about my own online journey, things that we've talked for hours upon with fellow blogging colleagues, podcasting colleagues. What are we doing? (laughs) How do we get here? Where is it going? It's so, so good, Meg. You're going to love this podcast. I'm so excited to listen to it. You and I were talking before we started recording, and I remembered that Dee had given us the heads up on this. I added it to my podcast app, but I haven't gotten to it yet because like many of you, I am drowning in podcast goodness right now. But I think that is the most fascinating thing that this is a conversation that's been going on in circles of women, who, especially the ones who work online in some capacity for literally years. Like Rebecca, you and I have a background in blogging. Both of us were bloggers. You still are a blogger at Simply Rebecca. So we've been to blogging conferences. We've had these conversations with our peers, our colleagues. We've had them with each other. I'm super inspired to listen to this podcast to know that even though this is a conversation that has been going on, I'm hearing in your voice and your excitement about this, that it's like taking some new perspectives and bringing maybe some new voices in. And I'm just really thrilled to check this one out. Well, it made me feel like less crazy for doing what I do as a job. And I think that's the way that I feel celebrated in a way that so often influencers are not celebrated. And it's almost become, I mean, it's not a derogatory term by any stretch of the imagination, but it's, you know, like mommy bloggers, like there's just this connotation with it that it's not this powerful, amazing thing that women somehow found a way to do to create these jobs while staying home with their kids and making money from their living rooms in just a really remarkable way. So as a influencer myself, I found it incredibly fascinating. I'm not even done with the series yet, but I would think that it's really a good listen for anybody who has 
any influencer that they follow along on Instagram or a podcaster that they love. It's just this interesting insight as to why are we attracted to watching other people live their lives? And it's just as amazing. So her last episode that Joe published is called In the Michaels Parking Lot. Now, I haven't listened to it yet, but I am seriously intrigued. It's a bonus episode that dives into the case of mom influencer Katie Sorensen and what happened last December when she falsely accused a Latino couple of trying to kidnap her two children. Oh, my gosh. I remember this. Yes. Right. Like over four million people watched her video about that. So, yeah, this is what I'm talking about, that it just covers all these major fascinating aspects of the influencer world that I think will appeal to people who don't even have their foot in the influencing world. Like if you're just an observer of it, it's looking at what does posting about your trauma do for your following and for your vulnerability and all that stuff. Anyway, highly, highly recommend. I have had chills this entire time. I've been talking about it. It's just that good. Under the Influence with Joe Piazza. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I will push play, I promise you, as soon as we are done recording, because now I'm really amped up to listen to it. So good. We'll put a link in the show notes if you guys want to go check it out too. Okay, Rebecca, for my Awesome of the Week, I am doing something we just almost never do. And I'm doing a repeat. It wasn't one that I chose in the past. It was one of our guests chose in the past. In fact, this was first mentioned on Sort of Awesome back in May of 2018, episode 144, Grieving with Hope with Adriel Booker. My friend and one of our awesome community members, Adriel Booker, came to the show to talk about her book. And her Awesome of the Week that week was Marco Polo. Oh, yes. The video chatting app. The video chat app that I have been so resistant to so stupidly for so long. Okay, so yes, Marco Polo is just exactly what Rebecca said. It's a video chat app. It's like Voxer, which all of us here on the Sort of Awesome team love and use. Voxer, you can put video in, but most people use it to send voice messages back and forth. Marco Polo is different in that the main way that people use it is for video messages back and forth. So this has been on my radar really probably since the app came out. And Rebecca, I've been so resistant to it because first of all, I have some insecurities around just being on video in general, but also I'm just like, I don't know, it just seems so inefficient because on Voxer, I like when I'm listening to an audiobook or a podcast, I can pop my earbuds in, push play. It will play through each message in the chat, whether it's just you and I Voxing, which we were just doing before we started recording or group chat or whatever. I can just listen like I would with an audiobook or a podcast. And so to me, I was like, do you have to like sit and watch? And I just couldn't figure out what the appeal was. Okay, well, fast forward a few years because now here we are and it is my awesome of the week. This all came back into my life in a very amazing way because our guest who was just on the show this week for the extra awesome, Imbo Shimanga had been asking me on Instagram, can we connect on Marco Polo? She does a lot of her messaging back and forth with Marco Polo. And I was like, normally I would not, but okay, Imbo, you are so darling and so fun. So yes, for you, I will go ahead and get on Marco Polo. So did you have to download the app or did you already have it? Well, the funny thing is, apparently I had downloaded it in 2018 because I had these messages that I had never seen (laughs) because I never used it. No. 
Yes, but I guess people, friends of mine got notifications like Meg Teets is on Marco Polo now and it sent me messages three years ago. Oh, three years ago. Your worst nightmare. <laughs> My absolute worst nightmare. So once I got all of that dealt with, once I had a little therapy session with myself over that. <laughs> well, then Imbo and I started messaging back and forth and that was so fun. I loved it. She assured me that my other worst nightmare about Marco Polo was not true. I felt like, because again, I have some insecurities around video. I felt like I had to have my whole makeup on, lipstick on, all the things. She was like, girl, no, just be yourself. That's the whole point of it. It's really natural. It's really spontaneous. It's really in the moment. So tried to let go of some of my weirdness around that. But then one of the biggest reasons I've been loving it this week is I've been using it to catch up with one of my dearest friends from high school. His name's Andy. If you read Laura Tremaine's book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First or Listen to the Secret Tapes, you may know him as Drew, which was our high school nickname for him, but he lives in Manhattan. I live in Oklahoma City. We only get to see each other once every couple of years, but he's really pretty active on Marco Polo. And so, Rebecca, when I tell you, we have spent probably hours in the past week just sending messages back and forth and catching up on all kinds of things having so many great conversations, some very silly, some a lot more serious, but it has been so fun. And my biggest worry, like, oh, how I'm going to make time for this. I will just set my phone up by my vanity mirror and I'll just play my messages from Andy while I'm putting my makeup on. And it's like, he's talking to me and keeping me company while I get ready in the morning. Or if I'm just kind of doing some stuff, like maybe returning some emails, I'll put on messages from him. And so it's like, I don't know why I was making it so complicated. It's not that hard. <laughs> well, but I'm right there with you, Meg. I have never, ever understood the appeal of Marco Polo. I yeah. love Voxer as if it's like my fourth child. It means that yeah. much to me. It truly is my love language, sending me Voxer messages. So there are some things about being able to speed up messages that I really like, being able to add text. Those are some of the things that you need with like a pro version of Marco Polo, right? And, you know, I'm yeah. cheap and uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Rebecca, you can do that. But then I remembered I'm the opposite from you. I went directly to the pro version. I was like, what are the features? Fine, I'll pay for it. So, but you can, you can make the messages go a little faster. You can send a little text message through there. But I didn't realize, yeah, that is part of the pro plan. Every so. once in a while, I use Marco Polo when... I want to actually show something because the video aspect okay. in Voxer is not great. So I do have no. some Marco Polo chats with the same people that I have some Voxer chats. And every now and again, it's like, hey, I really want to show you this. Maybe it's like a garden tour or it's like some park we're at that's cool or something, you know. And so that is right. like a time when I would maybe choose Marco Polo. But maybe for the right person, I should ease up a little bit. Make some more room in my heart for another chatting app. <laughs> you're you're Maybe. slowly thawing the ice around my heart when it comes to Marco Polo. <laughs> Maybe even for me, would you do that? We could try it and see. It's weird because our context of conversation messaging, well, we message in all of the places all of the time, but it's really been a lot Voxer. So that would be a little something new in our friendship. Okay, Who knows? Sure. Why not add another place where you and I chat back and forth? <laughs> Because actual texting and Instagram messaging and Boxer. Slack and Boxer, it's not enough. <laughs> now, I will say this one. I will give this one caveat. 
so far, all of my conversations with people have been just one-to-one. So like with Imbo, Andy, a couple of other friends who are on Marco Polo, it's just been us talking back and forth. There is a group component. I do think I would get overwhelmed with the group component. I don't know. I'm willing to give it a try. But so far, I've just been doing the one-on-one conversations. But Rebecca, it's been just so great, especially like Andy's been one of my dearest friends since we were 14 years old. And we have never, since we were in high school, we've never lived in the same city. And so it's always a matter of catching up and what's going on and tell me about this. And he's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. But I do think that apps like this, both Voxer, Marco Polo, others are kind of a leveling ground because I do feel like introverts can take their time, can process what they want to say, can speak as much as they want to without an extrovert jumping in and stepping on their toes. Not that I would ever, (laughs) except I do all the time, (laughs) but they can take their time and communicate in a way that feels comfortable for them. And then for those of us who are extroverts, we like, obviously, most of us love the conversation. Yeah, exactly. We'll leave each other 15 minute boxes. It's fine. But I do think this is a great leveling ground for friendships, especially if you are on different ends of the spectrum. So well, and the most important part about these apps is that it's the connection with the people. So if somebody in your life is really big into one versus the other, it's all about the connection. So yes, sometimes you need to thaw your frozen over heart just so that you can build those (laughs) connections with those people. Oh, Rebecca, I know a lot of things about you and you do not actually have a frozen heart, (laughs) even when it comes to Marco Polo, I bet. All right. Well, those are our awesomes of the week this week. You guys, we will put links in the show notes so that you can check them out. And of course, we want to know what's awesome in your life. So come find us on Instagram. Like I said, we're at Sword of Awesome Show. We have a great Awesome of the Week thread there every week. And of course, in the Hangout group, we definitely talk Awesome of the Week on Friday and just share all kinds of awesome advice, information, recommendations, all the good things in the Hangout group on Facebook. So Rebecca and I have a lot to get to. So let's go ahead and do that when we come right back. This episode is brought to you by Bitty Baby from American Girl. Earlier this week, I got to visit Nico, our two-year-old, in his daycare classroom. And oh my gosh, there's no surprise that he loves that place. It is packed wall-to-wall with all things pretend play. Kids love it, and as parents, we know that pretend play helps children act out the stories that help shape the people they will grow to be. And that's why it's so important to provide your little ones with toys that foster those nurturing traits of love, kindness, and care. And I've seen that firsthand with how much Nico is loving his bitty baby. Now, as I've mentioned, when Nico's bitty baby arrived, it happened to be when my 13-year-old daughter had a friend over it. They were playing with Nico. All of the kids here had so much fun unpacking bitty baby, setting up the stroller and playing with the cute little backpack and food accessories it came with. And Nico has played with his bitty baby, whom he named Buddy, nonstop every day since it got here. He sleeps with his bitty baby. He gets sad when he has to leave it at home. And you guys, he is not gentle with bitty baby, but it is just so huggable and he loves to carry it with him everywhere. Just like everything else, American Girl, these dolls are meant to last and meant to be played with for years to come. It makes my heart so happy to see so much engaged, imaginative play happening with bitty baby. And that's because bitty baby's huggable baby dolls help young ones develop nurturing traits through imaginative play. So Bitty Baby is a customizable doll that comes with accessories and outfits to encourage your children to act out moments of kindness and care. And this year, Bitty Baby is getting a whole new look with new designs and colors, 
plus matching clothes for girls so she can coordinate her look. And you'll find all the modern accessories and real wood furniture needed to support the story moments that your child explores and enrich your child's creativity all along the way. Like I said, Nico has the stroller that comes in the Bitty Baby line. I love seeing the way Nico is learning to take care of his baby and all of Bitty Baby's little friends. And Awesome, you can teach your child that kindness is the ultimate gift with Bitty Baby. You can get an exclusive one-time offer of 15% off of your order of Bitty Baby products with promo code AWESOME at AmericanGirl.com. That's AmericanGirl.com, promo code AWESOME. Exclusions include 18-inch dolls, Courtney Arcade, and Bitty Baby Furniture. See AmericanGirl.com slash podcast for details. Okay, we're back. Rebecca, I'm so looking forward to this conversation. And this is one that, like you said, it's been on your mind. In fact, I think you even mentioned as we were talking about this whole situation, not just for this episode, but just like in your life. This has been on your mind because of a book that you read and part of it that really stood out to you. I was going to see if you could say more about that for us. Sure. Here, let me give you the story. So okay, last year, I read a book called The Year of Less by Kate Flanders. The subtitle of the book is How I Stopped Shopping gave away my belongings, and discovered life is worth more than anything you can buy in a store. Now, yeah, this book really appealed to me. I liked the idea of living with less. Now, in the end, it ended up not being a super great fit for me because a big part of her journey was recognizing her love of shopping and shop therapy, which I do not struggle with. I kind of hate shopping. (laughs) So while this would be a really great book for one particular audience, it didn't quite speak to me in the way that I anticipated that it would, but I can always use the motivation to declutter and live with less. So it was good, but there was this one sentence that really made me stop and go, whoa, now that is good. And I'm going to read to you a little segment out of the book. So she's talking about decluttering her home. And she says, I started with the books and asked myself a question I'd never considered the answer to before. Who are you buying this for? The person you are or the person you want to be? This should have been the question I asked before buying each and every one of them. This should have been the question I asked before buying anything. The answer in many cases was that I bought it for the person I was. But there was at least a dozen books I had bought because I thought they were books a smarter version of myself would read. Mm. I moved into the bedroom and asked the same question of my clothes. And after walking through every room, I had filled a few small bags with things to let go of. I had to let go of the stuff I wanted the ideal version of me to use and accept myself for who I really was. And it was that last sentence that really made me stop in my tracks. And here, let me just read it again. I had to let go of the stuff I wanted the ideal version of myself to use and accept myself for who I really was. Mm, That is so powerful. That is hitting me right in the gut as you are reading that. That's so true and so real. I think we've heard a lot of conversation about decluttering. But does it spark joy? Have you used it in the last six or 12 months? Are you storing it for what ifs where you could just let it go and buy it if you actually need it? But this was a version that I really haven't heard anybody talk about. And it really sat with me. It really struck me a lot. And ironically, this very book was more for the ideal version of me (laughs) than the real version. (laughs) 
That is some sweet, sweet irony right there. Love it. So the story is that the ideal version of me would read nonfiction, while the real version of me had to check out this very book from the library three or four times over the course of a year before I even opened it. And the only reason why I ended up reading it is because it was one of the very few books I had from the library right before everything shut down because of COVID. Oh, shoot. Yes. And it took me over a hundred days of quarantine before (laughs) I opened it. I literally had it for months and months during the shutdown before I even opened it. And really, I was talking about it in some confessions that I was sharing in my Instagram stories. And I think it was like this pressure of knowing that I have put it out there. I have this book. This is my third or fourth time getting it. Still haven't read it. 100 days of quarantine. Still haven't read it. That was like, okay, finally, I'm just gonna I need to read this book. I can't keep ignoring this book. Right. Right. Yes. That is hilarious. I cannot stop laughing. (laughs) Literally, my face hurts from laughing about how funny this is. But I think there's a great life lesson here (laughs) that sometimes the things that you're thinking like, "Mm, I don't know, this isn't really landing with me. Sometimes even there, there can be a little nugget of truth that changes everything for you. So I would say all of the complicated feelings you've had around reading this book, I think it was worth it because obviously this one section landed hard for you. Yeah, it really did. And it yeah. really did make me like, like kind of open my eyes and realize, yeah, the ideal version of me reads nonfiction books. The ideal version yeah. of me wants to better myself through maybe some self-help types of books or productivity books or habit-forming books or books about faith or there's so many parenting books that I've listed oh, as sure. like, oh, I should really read this book about yeah, yeah, how yeah. to have grateful kids and be screen-free. And Peg... How many of those books have I read? Like five. You like the idea of the book? <laughs> you like the idea. And you like the idea of what they're telling you to do, but not enough to actually incorporate it into your life. Exactly. So I started having a little bit more grace for myself of, yes, it's okay to let go of something. Like yes, we have yes. ideals of what we want our lives to look like and the people that we want to be. And it's always good to strive for growth, but also be a little realistic. You're not going to read the book. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so here's what Rebecca and I thought we would do. Each of us, we know, and I'm sure as you all are listening, you can think of ways this is true in your life. Like all of us have the things that we buy or plan for or whatever that are for the ideal us. And it's good to embrace the real us. So we've put together some lists of things that are ideal us versus our realistic selves. But we also have later in the show, some ways that the ideal us is it's the real thing like we're really living out some strong ideals that we hold but before we get to our list I do want to say too I think Rebecca and I both would want to clarify we're not talking about the kinds of things where you sort of talk yourself out of doing something that you think well I actually really do want to read more nonfiction, but I'm just I'm not good at it or you know if there's like a negative spin on it if there's a component where you're like I just could never, I'm not talented enough. I don't have the courage. That's not what we're talking about. If you have that spark in you that genuinely wants to pursue a thing, we're not talking about being, don't worry, girl, you can't do it. Let it go. (laughs) (laughs) No, we are saying these are the things all of us have that we know that we live with, that we actually sometimes have the physical, tangible proof. Like I've had this thing for years. 
never did it, probably never going to do it, need to come to grips with that. So I just want to clarify that before we get into our list. But Rebecca, I know that you actually, speaking of your Instagram stories, recently shared in stories, one of these things that you came across is, I don't know if you were cleaning up your kitchen or doing some cleaning in general, but you came across something you're like, oh gosh, this is kind of one of those moments where I need to get realistic with myself. Well, it's interesting that you assume that I was cleaning out my kitchen because it was actually a cast iron pan that I was getting rid of when in okay. reality, I was cleaning out my laundry room. Now, why, <laughs> Meg? <laughs> well, why was the cast iron pan in my laundry room? <laughs> well, Rebecca, let's be honest. Why is there still a pizza stone in your basement? <laughs> it's still there, isn't it? Is it? Tell the yeah. truth. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes it is. It's become such a long-standing joke now on Sorta Awesome that I have this <laughs> gift from my wedding that I'm not using. I can't use it now, Meg. It would ruin the joke. <laughs> okay, fair point. Fair point. Okay, but get back to the cast iron skillet. Tell us about Okay, that. so the cast iron skillet for me represents something that the ideal version of me would use. The story of why I have it is that my neighbor was moving. She was getting rid of some things. She has some things marked for free outside. And one of them was a cast iron skillet. And I was like, oh my goodness, the ideal version of me would certainly use cast iron. It falls into this natural, crunchy way of life that I really would love to be even more natural and crunchy. And so I'm going to take this. It's free. I don't even have to pay for it. I'm going to have to season it. I don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to set it here on top of my dryer why? I don't know. Okay. It doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but that's where I put it. And then I did this whole thing where I cleaned out my laundry room. I even did some on Instagram stories and people were like, oh, but why? Why is there a cast iron skillet on your dryer? And why at the end of this <laughs> cleanup that you've done, did you leave the cast iron pan on your dryer? And I'm like, well... I don't know. It's a whole thing. It's, it just makes sense in my head. I don't know how to season it. And they're like, oh, well, it's so easy. You should do it. Somebody sent me videos to watch of how to do it. I'm like, I'm not going to even watch your video, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So finally, I just had to recognize that I have pans that I like. Yes. The ideal version of me would be a little bit more crunchy and would use these other things. And this actually represents a whole big thing because... The ideal version of me is a whole lot more crunchy than what I am. So much more of what mm. I would buy is organic. So much more of what my kids eat would be homemade and all natural. And I slowly have been kind of letting go of this because sure. it's not just me. It's also there's a lot of privilege that I think comes with that lifestyle of being able to afford certain things having a supportive spouse, like my spouse is great, but he truly, truly doesn't even ever think about recycling. It's just like we're on completely different planets when it comes to this stuff. And you just, you need support, you need finances, you need resources, you need drive and desire. And I just need to recognize that there's some ways in which I don't have the drive to be crunchy yes. and natural. I like want yes. that life, but I kind of don't want to work for it. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I finally was like, I'm going to get rid of this cast iron pan because it's just sitting here. Literally, she moved a year ago. It's been sitting here now for a year and I haven't used it. And this book came back to my mind and I'm like, yes, the ideal version of me would use this. The real version of me has pants that she likes. Let it go, Rebecca. And I passed it off to somebody else who 
wants it, uses it. It is their real version of themselves. So I had to let it go. Okay. That's a perfect example. And it reminds me so much of the first one that I wanted to talk about. And that is the idea of the ideal version of me would do this. And this is how I picture myself, but I just don't want to work for it to get there. And this has to do with me and the concept of seeing myself as like a serious crafter or a serious maker of things. I mean, capital S serious. Yes. So we've been talking about the cleaning out of the closets, my closet, and I'm looking off screen, Rebecca, as we're talking, because I'm looking right at my closet. I've taken this closet. We've lived in this house for almost 10 years. I've taken this closet through many a declutter. I've done Cone Marie. I have done just basic decluttering, all of the things. But Rebecca, if you looked in our closet right now at this moment, if you pushed back the clothes on the shelves, you would see two or three tubs that are filled to the brim with embroidery thread, embroidery needles, oh, felted wool, crafting scissors, hand sewing books. So here's the thing. Wait, Meg, I didn't know that this was any part of your personality. You have never once uttered the words embroidery thread to me before. <laughs> well, it's time I let you into this dark quarter of my life. Where dreams go to die. <laughs> I genuinely do. One thing that I actually do love, the realistic version of me, I love the look of hand embroidered things. I just, I find it so charming. It brings me joy. It thrills my heart, whether it is a little plushy for a kid or a baby that's been hand sewn, or if it's like a bag that somebody has hand embroidered. I just love it so much aesthetically texturally, it brings me so much joy. And so how old is Dicey? Dicey's 16. Our oldest is 16. I would say for 15 years, because beginning when she was a toddler was when I started to think like, you know what I should do? I should just start making those things myself. I love the look of them so much. They feel so great on your hands. They're made with natural materials and just like all of these things. I'll just make it myself. Rebecca, 15 years later, that's a decade and a half, my friends. I have yet to get serious about it. I've done some teeny projects. I have done enough projects along the way to justify to myself keeping these tubs ah, of crafting supplies. Yeah, okay. That's a dangerous place to be. <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm never going to live out that ideal. But obviously for 15 years, I've been continuing to have children, raising them. I've started a business. My husband started a business. Our lives are very full. And when I do have a little downtime, when I normally and actually realistically could get crafting supplies out and do some embroidery, more often than not, I don't. I choose to read or watch something or listen to a podcast or just whatever the thing is. So I mm, need to come to terms with the fact that I'm not that ideal. I'm not in this moment in time, a person who is a serious crafter. And I can actually go ahead and let go of those tubs of craft supplies. Somebody could use them, not me. But then when the day comes when I have that burning desire, and I'm like, you know what? It is time. I want to do this. Embroidery thread's like 20 cents a thing, right? It's so cheap. I could easily replace all of that. And I don't have to have those tubs looking at me every time I open my closet reminding me. Mm-mm-mm. Did you forget about us? <laughs> oh my goodness. That, that's like a big deal. I feel like it's a big deal to let go of something like that. Yeah, it is. 
I wanted to get that one out of the way because it feels like a true serious pain point for me, but also I feel like I'm in a good place to recognize, you know, hey, embroidery is not going anywhere. It's been around for literally centuries. When the time is right, embroidery and I will meet and we will make beautiful things together. But that time is not now. That's okay. It's okay. It's totally okay. It's okay. Well, my next one, I'm not actually so sure. It really is okay. I still feel real guilt about this one. And I think that most people will say, well, yeah, you should feel guilty. So this is one where the ideal version of me need to step up. I feel like I do need to step up. The ideal version of me would send birthday cards and or just remember birthdays in general. Meg, I am not good at this. I cannot tell you how many times I have sent either a birthday card or like a Mother's Day or Father's Day card after the date has already passed. Girl, me too. That's usually my norm. So I let go of this on Facebook because I've shared on here before. I had a lot of guilty, all mixed up feelings about Facebook birthdays. I've let go of the need to wish people happy birthday on Facebook. (laughs) That sounds so mean, but (laughs) if you've listened before and heard the context of it, like it's been a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So I've let go of that. But then it was my mom's birthday yesterday. Mm. I didn't send her a card. I called her. Is that okay? I feel like the ideal version of me should be sending my mother timely birthday cards and not after her birthday. Right. So if awesomes have any guidance for me, I mean, I'm sure it's as simple as set a reminder on your phone, Rebecca, two weeks before. But man, I'm just not good at that. I am not super good at it. Have you tried any kind of reminder system? Or I know you don't really use a paper planner, but just any kind of thing, a note on the calendar of when to send a card. Like if you, what I'm trying to say is I understand your guilt. I'm, I'm going to talk about my guilty one next. So I understand your pain on this, but I'm really curious about these things that we try to correct, but then we just can't seem to make it stick. I don't know if it's because we're trying to be in alignment with an ideal version of ourselves that we're just never going to be in alignment with. And so no matter what we try to do to correct it, it's just never going to happen. I don't know. Mm. Tell me more about what you've done to try to like, quote unquote, fix this. Well, I haven't done this for absolutely positively years. But when I first got married, I got into this habit, at least for a little while, of maybe at the beginning of the month or every couple of weeks, I would look at the calendar and look at the birthdays coming up and I would write out all the cards all at once. And then I'd put a post-it on it that says mail on a certain date. So I would do them in batches and then yeah, yeah. Okay. could mail them out when it was time. And that really worked for me. But I think part of the reason why I feel some pressure to do this, and I know that they're listening, mom, Uh-oh. sister, I love you both very much. <laughs> and you both are so good at sending cards to me, to my children. My sister works in a Hallmark store. And because she loves cards, that's what originally motivated her to get her job there. She's worked there for years and years. She loves the Hallmark store and sending Mm -hmm. and picking out the most perfect cards. I feel such guilt when I don't do it. Now, my brother, has he ever in his life sent me or my children a birthday card? No, but it just feels like there's this different level of expectation. Like, why can't I be more like, well, Jeremy doesn't do it. It's okay (laughs) if I don't do it. And then I look at my mom and my sister. I'm like, oh, but they're so good at it. I should do it. Right? Oh. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then we should go back and listen to our episode about invisible labor. <laughs> All that's <laughs> the invisible labor that women carry, including sending birthday cards. No, but I think there's a big difference between like you're giving the example of your sister. I think that's a great example. She loves it. She doesn't have to be motivated to do it. She doesn't need reminders. She's internally inspired to do it because she loves it. And she's literally and so, at a card store multiple times a week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, literally, literally has the whole treasure of Hallmark at her fingertips and she could just pick up a card. No, I understand that too. So I am hearing you on this. And I'll go ahead and talk about my next one because it's one I do feel guilty about. And I feel like mine is, I mean, I hate to one-up you, but I think mine's more serious. Okay, please, please one-up me because I'm actually feeling a little bad about myself (laughs) or a lot bad about myself right now. I'd rather feel bad about you. (laughs) Good. Well, jump on in. The water's fine. Here we go. So not sending birthday cards, that's a thing. I understand what you're talking about. But like you said, you called your mom on her birthday. You have sent me birthday texts. I think that you still acknowledge the thing, even if you don't do the ideal thing behind it. Mm, Okay. Okay. So the next one on mine, I'm like so bad at it. It is the ideal version of me returns emails promptly. I'm just going to say returns messages promptly, but especially emails. Rebecca, why am I so bad at this? The ideal version of me. And this is what I think of when I try to correct this problem. It is a big problem in my life, personally and professionally. I'm so bad at email. I know what the problem is. It's because I live in the world of ideal Meg when I'm doing email. And so I'll get an email, either like a business related one, maybe one from a listener, again, could be a personal one. I'll read it and I'll think to myself, I don't have time right now as I'm reading this to give this response the attention it deserves. So I'll come back to it later when I have time. Doesn't everybody do that? I feel like But maybe the problem is, is that I'm reading it on my phone in bed. I just woke up. Like maybe if I was like a proper businesswoman opening up my laptop and then I would respond right away. But no, I'm reading it at a stoplight. Sometimes, not always. That's terrible. You should never do that. (laughs) But you know what I mean? I think that's part of my problem. (laughs) My problem is I'm on my laptop. There's not really an excuse other than I just think that I have to craft the perfect response to every email. I have gotten a little bit better, especially when it comes to business stuff, because I got burned a few times missing out on opportunities or missing deadlines because I am bad at email. And so I have learned in that context that a lot of times just any response is better than no response and it doesn't have to be the ideal. But I'm still so bad at returning messages in general, because I want to make it the ideal. But in my mind, the ideal me, this is so circular. I know if you're confused, that's okay. I'm confused too. In my mind, every response has to be the ideal response. And so if I can't do the ideal response, then I don't respond. And then that's like the opposite of ideal response, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is. (laughs) Well, but okay. Having a properly constructed email is a thing that some people carry a burden of heavier than others. Like my husband and I recently had a little semi-argument with each other because I was responding to an email and I didn't say hello. I just, hello, Tom. I just said Tom. And he's like, whoa, that's aggressive. And I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so glad to know Nate struggles. I'm so glad Nate struggles with this too, because this is actually, I'm sure you've seen on TikTok, this is a thing, women talking about how they labor over emails and try to make them very cheerful and happy and stuff. 
Now, Nate's an NF type like I am. He's an ENFJ and I'm an ENFP. I do wonder if for NF types, maybe it's a little harder because we feel like even if I'm like writing to the ad salesperson at some ad agency about a spot on Sword Awesome, I feel like I got to make that connection. With oh them, my word. Know? Yes. That's exactly <laughs> like what you say. I was like, no, this is like a business email. I don't need to say like all these flowery things. And then he's like, you don't ever say thanks, do you? And I was like, well, I don't know. Sure. Probably. He's like, that is so rude, Rebecca. I was like, what? <laughs> to say thanks? He's like, you don't even have the decency to type out thank you. And I was like, I don't, what? I don't understand what you're saying. Like somehow I'm getting in trouble for just replying to an email in a professional prompt way. <laughs> Here's how I sign off my emails. Thanks for all you do. This means so much, comma, Meg. <laughs> oh my word. Every single one? No, not all of them, but more than you would think. <laughs> I do. Nate and I need to sit down and have a therapy session together, not with each other, but a therapist needs to talk us through our email <laughs> <laughs> so funny because they are plenty okay tell me something else on your list so I can stop feeling so bad about my email <laughs> response problem <laughs> okay well here's another one that I think is a little bit guilt-inducing but the ideal version of me would a host more mm, yeah b enjoy hosting more sure I think sure, I'm sure, kind sure. of realizing yeah. that it's something that I don't even really enjoy all that much which is so awful to say out loud yeah when people that you've hosted listen to the podcast <laughs> it's fine she's not talking about you. it wasn't that time that you came over it was somebody else okay and <laughs> c i would host with maybe nice stuff okay have like a dinner party like okay real me is never probably hosting a big fun dinner party with a coordinated napkins and tablecloth and fancy dishes and little like little name place cards. I've been to those kinds of parties by people who love and thrive in that type of planning environment. Ideal yes. me would maybe do that. This is going to shock no one. I have a collection of some like nicer dishes in a box in my basement. <laughs> I was going to say in the basement. Sure, sure, sure. Next to the pizza stone. Right. And well, yep. literally probably on top of the pizza stone. <laughs> That I'm not using, that I've never used. They were maybe given to me from my grandmother's house, and it literally went from her house cabinet to the box in the basement and has never, ever come out. Now, part yes. of me thinks, well, I need to hold on to these things because I'm still in this age where my mother or my mother-in-law tends to host all of the major holidays when that shift happens in our family, in my life, where I'm the one who's responsible for more of the hosting. I will want these things to be available, but I don't know if I will. I think anytime that I invite somebody over, I'm so much more about it being more low key. And yes, I'm usually caught up in honestly in tidying and cleaning my home that I can't even think about what the serving yeah. dishes are going to look like. It's like, ah, just grab it off sure, the stove. Sure. That's just not really who I am. Okay. Can I say something? Can I offer you some encouragement in this. Oh, please. Yes, please. First of all, I relate to this a hundo P. But secondly, a while back, I'm going to say, mm, it's probably been a couple of months ago now. One of our awesomes who I know in real life, I'm not going to say her name because I didn't ask her if I could share the story. I don't think she would mind, but I'm just going to keep her anonymous. But she and I knew each other years ago, years and years ago, when we both lived in a small town in Western Oklahoma, and we went to church together. We both still live in Oklahoma, and she's now part of our awesome community. She sent me the nicest Facebook message and said, 
my husband and I are giving a talk at church about hospitality. And I just wanted you to know, you may not even remember this, but when you and Kyle used to open up your home for cookouts and you would just serve hot dogs and we'd put them on paper plates and just sit on folding chairs. And some people had to sit on the floor. We did not have a big house, but we'd have everybody over. She was like, that was the most meaningful hospitality. And I will never forget it. You guys made us feel so welcome. And I like started bawling because I did remember that those were interesting. Like those were some really dark and hard days, years for Kyle and I, but we love to have people over, but we did not get out the nice stuff (laughs) because if we had, if we were waiting to get out the nice stuff, we never would have done it. And so I just want to say, I know you and Nate as much as I can know you (laughs) without having been in your house and spent time with you. But there's no doubt in my mind that when you guys have people over that nobody's thinking, where's the nice serving dishes, you guys? Are you serious with this plastic, this throwaway stuff? I know that people are just so happy to be spending time with you. So keep doing it and forget about the nice stuff. Yes. Let ideal Rebecca... Just let that dream go. And that's the message that we've heard so many times about hospitality. It's more important to just open the door and do it than to worry about perfection. And yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. We'll have a serious talk with Ideal Rebecca (laughs) after we're done talking to Ideal Meg, who also (laughs) still has many problems, including, I guess that this isn't really a problem. This is just a tension that I feel because Ideal version of myself happily and energetically gets up at five every morning during the week. I feel hurt to me you have, not do that. <laughs> you have a strong allergy to this. <laughs> this is not a concept that you will try to take I up. physically flinched. <laughs> when I was younger, when I was not in my mid-40s, when my children were younger and I only had two of them and not five, I did regularly get up at five. This was when I was blogging regularly. This is when I was co-writing a book. I regularly got up at five and I loved it. It was so dark and quiet and I just felt I could just have all this, you're laughing, you're like, you're literally doing a spit take. I'm sorry. I took a moment to take a drink. And then you said it was so dark. And then I almost choked in my water. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, it's dark because you're supposed to be asleep. That sounds like a terrible time to get up. Oh my goodness. I almost spewed water all over my laptop. Yes. Good. (laughs) Literal spit take. But I love the quiet and I loved that not being interrupted and just starting the day slowly by myself, cup of coffee the work I wanted to do. And I'm like, ideal Meg has been chasing that high for years. But like I said, I just keep having all these kids. And it's just, there's there's a lot of things going on around here. I've been trying to inch my way back into it. A few mornings getting up at five. Rebecca, I'm old. It is not (laughs) as easy as it used to be. So the ideal version of me does still get up so early and get so much done and has such a great start to the day. But the realistic version of me Now that Nico sleeps all the way through the night, I'll wake up at six and he's not up yet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I hit the jackpot. I got to sleep till six. So anyway, I'm still feeling that tension myself. Well, I mean, I am not an early riser. Obviously, I've made that very clear. But what you're describing of waking up to your own agenda versus waking up to children's agenda is Mm -hmm. no small thing. Like that, I can get behind that. I can understand that. Yeah. Being woken yeah. up by crying is a special kind of torture that happens to us <laughs> too often. Do you have any others? I do. On your I list? have one last okay. one. And this okay. one is multifaceted. It includes a whole bunch of stuff, but basically I can sum it up by saying the ideal version of me 
would be more outdoorsy. Okay, I get it. So I would have uh, better landscaping. I would be on top of my weeding more. I would have a garden. I would maybe do camping things or at least be somewhat open to camping things. I would take hikes with my kids and my family. We would just spend a lot of quality time outside. And I grew up in the country and I just feel like, oh, that should be ingrained in me. It's part of who I am. Now, I don't want to throw my husband under the bus, but I'm going to throw my husband under the bus. (laughs) Here we go. Sorry, Nate. I did not realize before I married him that he is not outdoorsy at all. Not at all. And I didn't know, but he doesn't like to walk in the grass barefoot. He doesn't like to sit in the grass. Having a picnic outside is kind of like, "Mm, okay, but why? Mm, Why would we do this when we could just eat inside? (laughs) We don't have central air in our home, but if we did, I think it would be cranked way low (laughs) all the time. And he would just much rather sit on the couch, sit outside around a fire or something. And there's only so much I can do (laughs) all on my own or so much I can do to like bring him out of his shell. I found that over the years, I've kind of like adapted to him some. I'm like, well, you know what? It is like cooler in here than it is outside. Mm -hmm. It is nicer Mm -hmm. to not be pulling the weeds than to be pulling the weeds. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I get it. It's like a tension I I have. I'm like a country girl and I'm married to such a city boy. I remember the first time he told me that he really does not walk like walking barefoot in the grass. I was like, wait, what? How did I marry you? You did not disclose this. <laughs> this was not in our pre-wedding disclosures. No, that is interesting. I wonder if it's like a textural thing even for him. He doesn't like the texture. I mean, he feel. doesn't want to be dirty. He doesn't want the bugs. Okay. I mean, I think sure. the grass is the outside's carpet. It's nice. Like, it's not. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know. Yeah. He just... So anyway, in general, I would like it if I was more outdoorsy. I have some guilt some guilty feelings about my landscaping and lack thereof and maintaining my yard. But also you got to work with what you're given in life. And like, I can't turn a city boy into a country bumpkin. He is what he is. (laughs) He is what he is. And he's a pretty great guy. He is pretty great. He gets a pass on (laughs) the outdoor stuff. I have one more on my list too. And I just remembered actually this week because it's the beginning of the month. That means it's time for me to go make my book of the month selection. After all these years, you guys, I'm still a member at Book of the Month Club, although I do not know why I still am because that's honestly, it's kind of a waste of money for me because Rebecca, the ideal Meg loves to read the newest, buzziest books that people are talking about that are making a big splash. I have Book of the Month Club subscription so I can read the new releases. Wait, but how many do you get? You're supposed to get one, Okay, but you can skip the month and then it builds up credits over time, like your credits roll over. Okay, And that's why why I was reminded of this week because I was like, okay, it's the beginning of the month. I'll I'll go check out the selections. Rebecca, I had seven credits, seven credits at book of the month because I've skipped so many months because, and this kind of ties all the way back to what you were saying, you don't like to read nonfiction. That's something that you have recognize realistically, you don't like nonfiction. I read almost all nonfiction with some romance novels sprinkled in. (laughs) 
So if it's a new buzzy romance novel, which I did get this month, then I'll probably pick it up and read it. But all of the grown-up serious contemporary fiction that comes out, I love to hear our friends Katie and Meredith on Currently Reading and Mindy and Mary talk about great new releases. I love to hear people talk about what's awesome in the literary world these days. But when it comes down to it, I just don't read those books. I will get them and they will sit and collect dust most of the time. So well, if I didn't have all those credits, I would just cancel it. But then I lose all those credits. I know it's so stupid because I'm not using those credits anyway. Well, better to have credits than to have a pile of books that you're not going to read. True point. Of yes, course, maybe you have that too. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely do. <laughs> Although this summer we did do a big book clean out and took a ton of books to free libraries around town. And a lot of them, I just had to be super realistic with myself and be like, ideally, I would sit down and read this, but I've had this book for over a year and I haven't even opened it. So chances are I'm not going to read it. So let somebody else read it. Oh my goodness. There's so much pressure about books and what we read. I know. Especially I feel like an added pressure because I have a degree in English. Oh, yeah. This should be my thing. Mm, it should be. It really, yeah. <laughs> you really should be reading this book. I, Thank you. Thank you for confirming. I am a bad person. You are. This is terrible. <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> okay, well, Rebecca and I actually did what to end the show by talking about, you know what? There are some ways that we are the ideal version that we want to be. We are living that out. So we have a few more things to share with you and we'll do that when we come right back. Okay, awesome. Think about how much you spent money-wise the last time you bought razors. Why do your razors cost so much more than men's just because they're pink. Because unfortunately, the pink tax is real. I remember the very first time I went to the drugstore to buy my own razors, I was in sticker shock. Razors are always so expensive and they're rarely designed to do the job women need them to do. Well, now I use Billy. It is the best razor out there for women at half the price that you'd expect. And that means no pink tax, no visit to the drugstore, no irritation, no matter what. Billy's crazy affordable starter kit comes with their award-winning razor, two precision five-blade refill cartridges, and the cult favorite magnetic holder. Billy blades have a 360-degree charcoal shave soap built right in so they float like a cloud. I am absolutely obsessed with how soft and smooth my skin is after shaving with Billy razors, and I'm not the only one. My two teenage daughters love and rave about them too. So, don't suffer another second paying a pink tax for a bad shave. Go to mybilly.com slash awesome to get the best razor you will ever own while supporting Sorta Awesome. Billy is half the price of other razors, plus free shipping always. Just go to mybilly.com slash awesome. That's spelled my, B-I-L-L-I-E dot com slash awesome. That's mybilly.com slash awesome. Friends, summer is here. We know you don't want to be stuck inside making meal planning lists or schlepping to the grocery store when you could be out having fun with family and friends. That's why summer is the perfect time to try every plate. Every plate is America's best value meal kit. They make home cooking easy and affordable, and it's a much cheaper alternative to takeout, but it's just as delicious. 
Now, with five kids, we've got a lot of people to feed around here. I was always a little skeptical about meal kits. I thought they would be way too expensive for us. But every plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients. And with most meals coming together in 30 minutes or less, that leaves more time for you to spend having fun this summer. And the great news is with meals on their menu like super smashed burgers with caramelized onion, chipotle aioli, and potato wedges, you're going to find something on the menu that everyone in your family loves even if your kids can be a little bit picky like mine. So try EveryPlate for just $1.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code AWESOME199. Get started with EveryPlate for just $1.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code AWESOME199. Okay, we're back. And we thought that before we wrapped up the show this week that we would take a few minutes just to kind of talk about and share some of the things that... Hey, as it turns out, I do have some ideals that I actually am living out. Rebecca, what did you think of in your life? Okay, so one of them for me is the ideal version of me would take pictures and document my life and the life of my family. And I feel like I really do that. I have a photo book system. If anything, I probably over document our lives. But that's something that's really important to me and something that I place a lot of value on. And I feel like it's something that although I don't do perfectly, I am doing. And so I'm proud of myself for that. Another one is prioritizing reading and books with my kids. I think that reading is just so important. I think it's so important for kids developmentally and to help impact their education as well as like family bonding time. And I have, I've prioritized doing story time with my kids and going to the library. I read chapter books out loud to my kids now, even though they're old enough to still read on their own. I give books as gifts. It's something that's important to me and I'm doing it. And so I'm proud of myself for that too. Yes. And then the last one is some food stuff. I would say that when I was younger and I thought about what it would be like to be a wife and to have my own home and in particular, maybe to be a stay-at-home mom, like some of the things that I thought about what I would do with my time Some of those things I am not doing. Like, I am not cooking a roast on Sunday mornings, Sunday afternoons after church. Like, that's not me. But there are other things that I am doing that actually bring me so much joy. And it's things like I make all of my own jam. I do freezer corn every year. I can salsa. We make all of our own homemade applesauce. And there's a huge list of other things that I could add on to that and be like, oh, well, but I don't do that. I don't do that. But these things I do because they bring me joy. They're important to me. My family appreciates it. We do some of these things together. And that's the ideal version of me. And I'm thankful for it. Yes. I love and appreciate every single one of those things about you. I know sometimes it's hard for us to think like, what am I doing that's the ideal? But everything that you put on that list, those are exactly the things that I would point to to be like, you are great at all of those things. I mean, truly, do you remember one of our earliest 2015 episodes was us talking about children's books and what was great in children's books and your sister helped put together a list. Is this ringing any bells? I feel like you're (laughs) like, I have no memory of that happening. you said my sister, I thought, hmm, maybe she meant this with somebody else. Maybe it was an episode. No, I know it was you. (laughs) Well, it meant a lot to me, Rebecca, even if you don't remember it. I'll have to go back. That's and too funny. Look it up. No, those are all such, such great things that you do so well. You know what you were talking about? 
with the food stuff, you love it. So it comes easily to you to do it. Again, you don't have to have that external motivation. You just like to do it. That's how I feel about the first thing on my list that is an ideal that I do. And that is I do have a great skincare routine. Yes. Skincare stuff stresses me out so much, but it brings you joy. And so therefore you take the time and you excel at it. That's a fantastic one, Meg. It brings me a lot of joy and happiness, even aside from any other external benefits, just the routine of it all, the researching the products, finding great things. It makes me so happy. And so I do do that. It's important to me and I do it. Let's see another one. Oh, this is an interesting one because this is one where I actually changed. I actually made a change in my life and it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. For most of my life, since I have had a vehicle to drive, I have had a messy car. I'm talking food, trash. I would leave stuff in there. When I was a teacher, oh my gosh, my car was like my second classroom because I had so many classroom supplies and papers to be graded. And then when I had kids, it got exponentially worse. And I just kind of thought, I guess I'm just a messy car person. It always bothered me, but I just couldn't figure out how to make it work. And I've even shown on Instagram years ago, like stories of me cleaning out how filthy my car was. It was very satisfying for some people. I remember that. It was so good. Yeah. Okay. Well, last year I was cleaning up my van and I just remember having this epiphany of like, I could be a clean car person. That thought just came to me out of the blue. I could be a clean car person. There's no reason why I couldn't. And I was at the car wash, throwing things away, vacuuming, doing all the things. Well, shortly after that, we ended up selling my van and we got a Suburban, had to embrace the fact that we actually really do have five kids and we needed more vehicle space. But Rebecca, since the day I got that vehicle, I've been a clean car person. I take the Suburban once or twice a month and go to the car wash, clean everything, vacuum it all out. I get out the leather wipes and wipe everything down. Every time the kids are in there, we don't leave anything in the vehicle. So Today, I love your my jaw is dropped. <laughs> well, because I expected you to be like, you're a tidy car person, but no, you are no, a no. clean, clean car it's person. clean. I literally clean my vehicle now. And it's like not a, even that hard. I wanted to make the change. Again, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like a bolt of blue just saying like, I could be a clean car person. There's no reason why I can't. And then I just did it. So today I had was taking AJR, almost eighth grader, and had to pick up a friend of hers to go to a school thing. And in the past, both of us would have been so embarrassed and trying to clean things out before we would go. But we just got, went and got in the vehicle and went and picked her up. And again, there's nothing in there except Nico's car seat and some masks in the console. And that's it. And so I'm so proud of myself. As you should be. That. That's impressive. <laughs> because it's just never been my reality. And I thought, I guess I'm just stuck being this way. But then I just wasn't. So speaking of my kids, one more really quickly. Ideally, when I was a teenager, I wanted to have a stronger connection with my parents. And I do think it's like that NF personality thing. We like connections. And my parents had a lot going on and I'm not in any way. It was just a different era. I was a teenager in the 90s. You just didn't talk to your parents that much. But I just always thought like, I want to like have the kind of relationship with my kids that I see in TV shows and movies where they talk and they're close and stuff. And over time, though, at any given time, you could ask my kids how well I'm doing and you'd get different answers. But I really do strive to make those connections with them, even if that means staying up later than I would want to so I can go lay on their bed and talk to them or 
all of the different ways that especially older kids communicate, we really do feel intentional about building those connections. And I would not say we're like the 100% ideal by any stretch, but we're living that out. And that is a really strong thing I wanted to emphasize when I was a teenager. And now it's happening. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I definitely get that feel from you that you really prioritize the emotional labor of being a mom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. That's exactly right. So, all right, you guys, thank you for listening to our lists. Absolutely. You know that we want you to come and find us so we can continue this conversation with you. What did this make you think of in your life? What's an ideal version of you that you need to be at peace with kind of letting that part of your dream go? And then what are the things that you are doing that are the ideal? We want to hear about it. Rebecca, if people are looking for you, where can they find you all around the web? You can find my website at simplyrebecca.com and you can find me all over social media at simplyrebecca. Okay, you can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find Sorta Awesome just by searching Sorta Awesome wherever you are. Speaking of searching Sorta Awesome, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave us a review there. And wherever you are listening to Sorta Awesome, go ahead and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of our new episodes and our new conversations. We're so glad that you're here. So guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.